find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, yo, what's good, everyone? And welcome to another new episode of the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Also known as the Shank King, a.k.a. the Wash Lord, a.k.a. the Korean Earl Woods. This show is brought to you and produced by the Dust Brothers, that's Miles and Jordan, a.k.a. the Captains. Production on digital steroids, stereo sound. Okay, high definition, strictly professional podcasting going on over here. Theme song by Illegal Cartel with original music from Lakey. What's up, y'all? Episode 310, guys. Episode 310. Having a 310 area code for real on your house phone was a flex back in the day. Some of you motherfuckers is too goddamn young to know what a house phone is. It is Monday, September 19th, 2022. And, um... Yeah, Monday. I'm not going to say anything negative. Okay? I'm not going to say I hate Mondays because hate is a strong word. And I don't want that energy out there. The mind is a very powerful tool. So let's manifest a good day. Okay? Let's get this motherfucking show started. All right? Hit him real quick, Lakey Lake. So by the time you guys hear this episode, I will be in Las Vegas. I will be in Sin City. I uh, got to say in the last few years, I definitely haven't been very fond of Vegas. There was a point in time during my degenerate scumbag era. Rest in peace, Jonas. I had some of the, my best memories there ever in my life, probably with Jonas. I would say Nick Adler is probably a close second, if not right there. It's crazy. And, and, you know, had no money then, too. It was like with Nick Adler days. It was grind time. It's had the best times. You know, with Jonas, I had already been breaded up. But uh, um, I'm in, uh, headed to Vegas to shoot some content for the Wynn Resort. Their golf club is closed down. A lot of really nice golf courses in Vegas are closed down to, like, kind of, you know, rejuvenate their grass and a lot of course mostly country club courses do that not municipal courses but i'm gonna play a little golf out there my boy alex king he's a fucking geez this guy has a course record at the win actually and i'm gonna be out in vegas for a few days and then i come back for a day and then i'm off to san diego for a little fam time and then i'm back and then i'm immediately off to seattle right for a day so your boy is busy, busy, like for real, okay? Now, we won't start the show off talking about that terrible Seattle performance. I'll wait till the turn for that. Now, for most of you who don't know who the turn is, because I just said, you know, I usually say the break. When you're playing golf, golf is usually 18 holes, right? A round, a full round is 18 holes. We're not talking about PGA, you know, four rounds, three rounds, whatever. After the ninth hole, basically the front nine, it's the turn for those of you who know nothing about golf. Um, if you're not the, the terminology, whatever, there's a lot of shit I don't know about. I'm still learning, but, uh, I'm fucking obsessed with it, obviously. So I'm all over that shit, but, uh, that's the turn. So we'll talk about that Seahawks game after that. But, you know, look, at least I started out 
my weekend with some positive shit. Obviously some golf. Um, I did Michelle Wee, former PGA champion. I'm sorry, LPGA champion. She actually, she had an exemption and played for the PGA. But, uh, you know, Michelle Wee, Korean, super proud of her. Uh, and Hallie Ledbetter, who is also an LPGA legend. She's one more on the commentary side. She's actually a very, very good golfer. They have a podcast called Golf Mostly. It is a legit PGA show and everything. And um, we recorded at the LA Golf headquarters. It was lit. I can't wait to see what the real golf community thinks. Maubon just released a little reel of me just speaking at the last Maubon tourney. It was actually a really good video. I was kind of surprised. Um, it was on the fly. There was no rehearsal, no shit like that, but it was good. Anyways, um, podcast was good. Um, they obviously asked me about my life and luxury and certain things. And I'm not going to give any of it away here. I'd rather have you guys listen to it. But uh, Friday... I got to crack in. Um, I have some family in town from Germany, so they're here hanging out with them too. But Friday, started out my day, started out the weekend legit with some golf at Angeles National. It's a very tough course, a lot of hazards. Jack Nicholas course, it is also the home of the Wash Lord Invitational, which is right around the corner, April 24th next year, right? And my coach was kind of like, look, man, you've been playing from the white tees for about 17 rounds now. It's time you play for the blue tees, right? Now, in the Melbourne tournament, we play from the tips. For those of you who don't know what the tips are, that is the furthest tees back. That's basically what pros would play from. But unfortunately, if you're on the PGA Tour, you are playing further than the tips. It fucking changes your game a lot. Now, when you get used to playing from like, it's like playing on a nine-foot rim, right? And then having to play on 10-foot or playing on an eight-foot actually in a way. Nah, it's like a nine-foot legit. And, uh, we played from the Blue Tees, me and my cousin Pete, and um, this guy, Sammy, he's a pro. He's an ex-pro. He's, he's a pro. I'm sorry, but he's an ex-touring pro. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was worried. You know, I had this confidence with the new swing. And then uh, I think I talked about in the last part, uh, my coach decided to change the swing right then and there. So I'm kind of like in a weird, like uh, gray area right now. And um, the reason why he did that was that when I shot 85, in the Marlboro tournament, you know, um, basically I would have plateaued soon, sooner at least, let's say by Christmas maybe or Thanksgiving. Let's say I shot at 84 a couple times and then probably shoot 91's coming, 93, I'm sure it's coming here and there. It's golf, it's tough. So he basically adjusted my swing so that I would have more power and focus on tempo and that my plateau and my wall would be further down the line so that with this new swing, I can get and break 80. So I appreciate that. Shout out to my boy, um, my coach, Ron Del Barrio. And so, yeah, man, I shot at 85. And I think I had like two mulligans off tee shots, not anywhere else on the course. Peter is not a type of dude. He's my cousin who could have been in the PGA, decided to do other shit, but he's a very good golfer. And he's very, he respects the game. He won't fuck around and do a lie for like, um, where a ball is placed. Let's say the ball ends up in the rough or let's say the ball ends up the tall grass. He's not going to change the ball an inch even to get a better lie. And I firmly believe that because my coach is the same way. Um, my driver, everything's kind of weird again now. So I kind of fucked up. But the thing that saved me was my tempo. And the cool thing was LA was going through a massive heat wave. So you know, I was used to playing like a 97, 98. I'm like, fuck it, it is what it is. And it's just cooking out there. You know, at a 6 a.m. tea time, you're playing the 90-something. It's crazy. So, you know, we're playing in the 70s, 
and it kind of got to the 80s right when we were at the last few holes. But I, I really impressed myself. I putted from fucking 140 feet away and came within about 10, 11 feet of the, of the pin. Got a birdie, got, but mostly it was like me playing par, little bo- a lot of bogeys and everything else. And was, again, able to shoot 85 from the blue tees. Now the thing is, I got some new clubs. I got some tailor-made stealths. And because I'm fitted, you know, I've been playing on P790s. P790s are what professional, better than scratch players are playing with. They're very hard clubs to play with. Now, I've been told this, and I just wish I got my other clubs sooner because I didn't even get to practice with them, you know. And hitting off the grass, obviously, is a lot different than hitting on a mat where they're forgiving. But these new stealth irons that I got, they're very forgiving. So it's easier to hit, feel better. I don't know, you know, we'll figure that out. I mean, I got a lot, long way to go, but was able to get some really nice shots. Some of my best shots ever happened here, not even at Torrey Pines. It's crazy. Torrey Pines is definitely a tougher course, but um, it was a good day, man. It was legit. Got to kick it. And then Friday, um, me and my wife, you know, just chilled. And, you know, we had my cousin over or her cousin, who basically is my cousin through marriage, and we just kind of kicked it. But I got to thinking throughout the last couple of days, this has happened throughout my entire life. I get a lot of you motherfuckers who start complaining about certain things, right? And I complain too. The thing is, I'm, look, I'm not telling anybody what to do with their life. They can do whatever they want to. But I talk a lot about entitlement. And when are you not able to complain? And when could you complain? Now, the thing is, if you're complaining because the weather's bad or you're complaining because you didn't get a bigger piece of fucking hash brown, you know, I don't fucking know if your pancake came out, whatever, you know, kind of like not the right way. Now, there's parameters to all that shit, right? There's things that build up to those things. Weather you can't control. Ain't no reason to get mad about that shit. You want to be mad? Move. Oh, you can't afford to move? Then shut the fuck up. I strongly, firmly believe in that. Now, I know when I talk shit about something, I'm like, yo, man, this service was bad. This was this. Now, that lady might have had a bad day. And we think about that. I talked about this before. You're behind somebody at a red light. You honk the horn and you're pissed off. But pretty much everything else, your day is all right. You know, it's just, you're just mad about, you know, traffic. That person might have lost their dad. They might have lost their job. Then you start throwing some empathy. You become compassionate and you understand and you re- recalibrate, right? This ain't that. If I'm paying $275 for breakfast, you expect, one, a good quality level of food, especially at a certain level, top tier. You should expect great service. Now, let's say the cook is having a bad day. Let's say the waitress is having a bad day or waiter's having a bad day. Don't fucking matter. If you're going to show up to work, do your motherfucking job. I'm just here to get paid, man. I'm just here to do it. No, fuck all that. Fuck all that. There are a lot of jobs that are available. People are lazy. People are complaining. I did it myself. Some people, you know, get mad. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your, your expensive meal was fucked up. Listen, bitch. Don't hit me with this. People starving in Africa. I don't want to hear shit. There's people starving on the street. There's home. Man, listen, that ain't my problem. And I've said this before. And people could chop up that right there. And I could see how... It's Andrew Tatish when sometimes he complains about people chopping up audio. There's a lot of context behind and energy behind what I'm saying. 
I'm not saying I'm not grateful for my life, but I got here not by accident. I got here by hard work, by grinding. If you put in work and you deserve it, nah, bitch, I am grateful for my life. But I put a lot of work, a lot of grind, and a lot of hustle behind the money to pay for that meal. So I do expect a certain level. I don't expect anybody to give me a massage. I don't expect anybody to put fucking ground pepper on my pit. That's fine. But you go to certain places and there should be a certain level of service. The thing is this though, thought about jumping back and like I said, you know, people complain about shit like they're mad about someone else in a better position. They're mad about a relative who's married to a richer person. Yo, man, if you got two legs, two arms, you can see, you can taste, you can talk, shit. You got a kid, whatever. Look, there's ways to do it. My mom did it. I did it. Different times, I get it. My wife can go have a job right now if she wanted to. She doesn't need to. I got her. And my drive hasn't stopped. I asked my wife last night, I said, do you think my motivation, I'm motivated? Do you think I, I'm driven? She's like, I wouldn't be with you if you weren't. Now, going back, the conversation I want to have is, some people shame fast food. And I see people shaming people who work in the fast food industry. Look, there's certain levels to where you are in life. And I believe that that's fine. I don't expect fucking Paris Hilton to talk to me if I'm behind the counter serving fries at Burger King. Okay? I also don't expect her to disrespect me. But what I mean is I'm not trying to get a date with a princess or an heiress. But I work Burger King, right? I work there. It's all about leveling up. And I got to thinking, I was at the golf range, and I was thinking like, you know what? One of my coworkers at Burger King, what are they doing now? Are they doing the same shit? Maybe one of the manager, maybe one isn't, maybe they're doing different things. I just wonder. Because at that point, working at that Burger King, I wasn't on the top level of Burger King. I was making fucking 375 an hour. I wasn't at the very bottom, but I was definitely lower tier, right? I worked there for shit. 18 months maybe, and I worked at the subway for like another six. And I just think about at what point do you not say, and there's nothing wrong with saying you're better than this because you're like, look, I wasn't working to feed myself. I was working so that I can go and do shit on my own. Not to ask my parents for money, nothing, right? I had a roof over my head. So it's a different kind of situation. But I think about my motivation at that level, right? There's guys that were my age that were working there. There are guys that were 16, 17, guys in high school and shit. And you think about like, why was I so different? That's a whole nother conversation. But you think about Tyler, Tyler, the creator, worked at Starbucks. And he's like, yo, thank God I got fired from Starbucks. Boom, here and there. And you know, he didn't want to be there, but he's just doing there because, you know, he's trying to make some money here and there. And people have different steps in their life. All I'm saying is, I work there. And I know what it's like to work at a shitty job. I know how hard it is to make a dollar. I know how easy it is to make a dollar. All I'm saying is know your position, when to complain, when not to complain. And the dollar is a lot different from when it was in 1989, 1990, right? And then we get to where we are now. And I really don't give a fuck about cars like that. I think about it sometimes like, damn, I was talking so much shit about Rolls Royce not in the sense of like, well, I'm just not, that's just not me. It doesn't mean it's not you or someone else. But I thought about it. I was like, yo, I don't know. what. Do I want a Cullinan now? Nah, I don't want one. You know, I look at cars. And it, it just, 
it don't really, I don't really care. But you know what? I search and look at market prices of the cars because I still own some cars, right? Look at the market prices of watches. Some shit drops, some shit doesn't. And you got this crazy shit because you got people who spent the money during the pandemic. Some people are there. A lot of repossessions are going on. A lot of fake ghost ballers out there. But a lot of people say market price. People say floor price. People are using the, the crypto and stock terms. Floor price for a, for a fucking Batman watch is this. Okay, that's cool. But what you don't understand is it's not market price if it ain't selling at that market price. People say, what's the average? I'm paying attention enough to know that these listed prices, they used to list them. And you could talk 10, 20% off. You know, when you think about $300,000, 20% off is fucking, you know, 60K. You know what I mean? But there was a point in time where people were asking a super high price and trying to be firm, whatever. It ain't that day. So I'm letting y'all know, man, all you car dealers out there, it's cap. Everyone's like, oh, Ferrari's been sold out for two, three years. And I'm not dissing Ferrari. Seeing Lamborghini saying we sold out all these cars for this. And look, man, it ain't that difficult to have your clientele base. If you got a client of 500 customers worldwide that are paying top dollar for cars or paying, you know, in that market, guess what? It's not that difficult. Especially if there's 25,000 people that want the car. It's real easy to, to keep that market fluctuated. But you're talking about other people who don't got it and are trying to get in. Don't play the big boy games if you ain't in the big boy leagues. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to go against Colin Moore or in golf. I know my position. But don't let them bullshit you with that market price shit. Because a Rolex wasn't that hard. It was attainable. You could work fast food and get a Rolex. You can't even work a motherfucking corporate job now and get a fucking Submariner. It's, it's like a ridiculous price because maybe you'd rather get an engagement ring. I don't know. But I'm just letting y'all know the jig is hovering Helicopter sound is all around there. Don't fall for the cap. Now, one real quick thing. I talk about luxury every so often. I know a lot of people associate my name with luxury. Same time, I think people who kick it with me, they might not be able to relate, right? Because I'll talk about certain vacations, certain things. And some people are talking about, oh, what about PJ this, PJ that? Look, man, 0.001% of people actually are flying on PJs. 0.00000001 actually own the Jets. It's not about that. You'll see a crew of homies got an entourage, got one dude who makes 25, 30 million a year. You got the next guy in line, maybe makes one or two million. Maybe another guy makes a mil. And then you got dudes who are literally down there making like 50, 60K just for being around. And some people don't even make anything. They're just around to be for the ride. Yeah. Those dudes who got rich homies, don't brag on your boys. You can be proud of them, but don't brag on your boys if you ain't out there paying for shit. And what I'm here to talk about is, when I talk about vacations, when I talk about places I go to, restaurants, whatever it may be, I want my listeners, I want you guys, the BTB Army, to understand, right? I want y'all to overstand. I want you guys to understand me so hard. And either two things that I want to come out of this. I want it to be aspirational. I want you guys to be like, yo, I'm going to get there. I'm going to go to Cabo and do this. And Cabo's not even really, I'm saying, but go to the address or Armani Hotel, you know, stay at fucking Burj um, Arab and, you know, stay at these really nice places. Stay at the fucking Bulgari and Knightsbridge in London. Stay at the Amman, Tokyo. Okay. 
And I also want the people who have it like that to experience it. Because I want y'all to understand it's good to treat yourself. It's good to spoil yourself. I had one of the B2B Army members, day one listener, hit me up, sent me a video. He's like, yo, I'm in Cabo right now, Garza Blanca. And I'm like, yo, dope, man. It's fucking sick, bro. He's like, yo, I love your family, everything. I'm like, yo, man, thank you so much. And it's dope that somebody that is listening to this show, and I'm sure there's several, I hear it all the time, from food, whatever. I don't always give people Michelin star rated places. I don't tell people to go to the pole lounge all the time. If you can, you can. Quarters is not that difficult to go. You could go eat a regular meal there. And some people can't have a $200 meal for four people. All right, well, then y'all know, you know what I'm saying? You know, if you want, you know, to eat somewhere good or whatever, I don't even think about that type of shit. When I leave the house, this ain't a flex. This is just real life. I left the house for 30 minutes the other day. I stopped to go get some fucking vape pens. Stopped to get some bread, some organic chicken nuggets, some ice cream, and like like six random small string cheese, little bullshit. And it was like $117. Then I thought about the three rounds of golf I paid for. And that was fucking, what, 500? Then you think about the drinks at the turn, another 150. So it's like, I left the house twice and spent like fucking $800, And didn't even think about it again, but I'm saying I know other people can't. But I'm just saying, I didn't work that damn hard. So that I couldn't do what the fuck I want. That to me is real luxury. And I want y'all to understand that I want you guys to experience all this shit. And if you can't, aim for it. That's all. Just want to talk about that. You know what I'm saying? It's a motivational show. This is a business podcast. And you're talking about entrepreneurship. I'm making money. There's money being made at random parts of the day. When I go to sleep tonight, money will be made. Making money today. Shooting content. Doing other things. Jewelry is being sold. Real estate is being, you know, is going up. Maybe it's going down. There's still money being made, period. Anyways, before we break, um, went to the beach on Saturday with my family. And um, besides going like, to the RV parks and taking the RV out, you know, I usually hit Malibu. I would love to go to Orange County. It's just, again, time is just really, you know, I'm crunching for time. But, you know, we, we haven't taken the RV out in months take the RV out. We go to the beach. We go to this one little spot in Malibu and it's like really low key. There ain't nobody there to fuck with us. There's no lifeguard there. That's the only bad thing. And there actually might be a lifeguard around, but there's no public bathrooms, whatever. I got the RV. We don't need a snack shop. Well, there's, there's a restaurant across the street. There's Malibu seafood, which is good. And it's a low key spot. People are barbecuing. People doing a little chilling shit here and there. You know, you might see some cops say some shit, but pretty much you don't see any vagrants. You don't see any motherfucking weird transients. And I got that shit to chill out. But we got family in town. We wanted to go do something. Um, me and my wife got married at Casa del Mar in Santa Monica. It's one of the very few five-star resorts. I was right there on Santa, in Santa Monica on the beach. And we're like, fuck this. Let's go to Casa del Mar. Let's park there. And they got a beach back there. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not too good to go to a fucking public beach. Fuck it. It's been a minute. Now, the good thing was it was 78 degrees. So it wasn't like, it was just a perfect day. I'm not going to go walk down the Venice boardwalk. I'm not going on a Santa Monica pier just chilled got some fresh mango from the mexican lady you know god i fucking had an icy coke and i just chilled i would get my little tan on the kids were having a blast 
London and Ryder and Kaya love the beach. They love the sand. They don't give a fuck. They're in the water. And it was actually not that crowded. There was like maybe 70 people within like four or 500 yards. It wasn't really that bad. It was, you know, people around, nobody fucking with us, we're just chilling. And uh, it was a good time. I don't know, it was underrated time. And we, you know, kicked it for a few hours. And then where the fuck did, did my wife go out? I forgot. I don't even know. That was Saturday though. What the fuck did I do on Saturday? Oh, no, no, no. We watched a movie. We're going to get into that after the turn. But I just really want to talk about that whole situation with people getting mad at some people complaining. If you hear me complain, it's warranted. I'm not going to sit there and bitch about like, oh man, you know, and I get it. I'm not going to tell you motherfuckers here that I curbed a wheel or whatever. Just don't park so close to the motherfucking curb. You valet, look, man, you have every right to get mad at a valet that fucks your car. They try to give you that little bullshit thing. Once they give you that ticket, they're not liable for that bullshit. That's all cap. Think about where you are in your life right now. You don't want to be anywhere, make the change. You don't know how to, figure it out. I'm not here to give you all the answers. I'm telling you to change your mindset, that's all. Manifestation is a motherfucker. And that's all I'm saying, guys. That's why you listen to this podcast. I know we solo dolo, and I do have guests coming, and I have some really fucking big announcement to make. Way bigger than a sign to a big agency. We have something fucking like my dream situation popped into my lap. And that's the best part about grinding and planting seeds all over the place. Because shit comes back tenfold. But I'm just letting y'all know. If you grind, you work hard, you should definitely expect. Now, life is unfair. And people are shitty. But that don't mean if you put in the work you know, I ain't talking about, you know, you could put 10,000 hours in playing basketball. You may not make it to the league. We're talking about different things. We're talking about service, certain expectations of things, right? We're talking about leveling up. Because I came from the bottom of the food chain, literally, when it comes to work, right? All right. We're going to take a break, y'all. We'll be right back. And uh, that's my man, Lakey Lake, right there. And yeah, got a little couple commercials. And <laughs> we'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Taking care of your mind is so important, especially with all the stress that comes with living today. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them the same way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps, but there's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp therapists have been there for me when I needed them the most. Therapy on demand is a blessing. BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't got to see anybody in person. Also, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners here at BTB get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com baller. 
That's betterhelp.com slash baller. Guys, I use the service myself. Make sure you do too. Nobody likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. What are you waiting for? Huh? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. You can get started at chime.com slash baller. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash baller. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Corp or Stride Bank N.A. Members of the FDIC Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Yo, yo, what up, BTB Army? We are back. Uh, it is still Monday. <laughs> and uh, we're going to get into the painful part of this show. I didn't watch a whole lot of NFL this weekend. Um, I did watch um, the Buccaneers game, and they almost slipped that away. I watched a little bit of the Raiders game because our shit was so depressing. Did see Miami come back and I wasn't expecting that that was kind of cool even though I fuck with the Ravens whatever but you already know what the fuck it is man we're gonna talk about the Seahawks every during the football season we'll talk spend five ten minutes talking about it if we won there's gonna be little talk but we fucking lost all right not only did we lose I got a big slap of reality that hit me now the thing is I had very low expectations the only thing is Milo and NFL haters and shit like that, they're low. To put us at 32, nah, we ain't 32. We ain't even 31, 30, or 29, or 28, 27, okay? We may be on the lower tier. We ain't at the bottom, though. We still won one, right? The only problem is that Denver Bronco game was our Super Bowl, and it shouldn't have been. And the thing is, we played good enough to win, and that ain't it. Because for fucking six quarters, Gino hasn't scored. Now, I like Gino. He's all right. He's doing completions here and there. But we got to do better. We got in the field goal range once. And just a little stupid ass 106 yards and penalties. Like Michael Jackson, yo, this motherfucker got the only touchdown on a fucking special teams play. But yet, he had a bullshit PI call because the ball wasn't catchable. And then another one in the end zone that really kind of fucking killed us. And the, our defense was exhausted. But at the same time, even though they're my homies, we stunk it up. Even worse, we did enough to, we could have got back in. There was a big momentum shift when Gino threw it to DK and um, we had the ineligible receiver, I mean, uh, down the field player, the lineman, I forgot what the fuck his name was. That fucked us because we were down 13-0 and that could have been right there. We would have been on the fucking, we would have been in the red zone and that would have set us up and that would have changed momentum right there. Now, after we got the um, field goal block, we fucked around and had the defense, you know, I mean, we, we were on offense and we couldn't fucking execute at all. It was like three and out. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Came in, went into the half and came out and Gino got sacked. Like, what the fuck? You know, it's reality. 
we could have won that game. And I told y'all, train it. And the funny part about it is, Jimmy came in smiling, chilling. It takes a lot, man. All that fucking bullshit, all that hate he got, all the shit talk, everything. And the thing is, Jimmy's going to fuck up. I'm not being a hater. I'm just telling y'all reality. And Miles will tell you too. But to put us at a nine point, and you know, be like, oh, the odds makers are so good. I mean, I guess so. It's just disappointing because we've won the last seven away games, meaning playing SF at home. Well, then including the, that fucking weird game in Glendale, Arizona. We've won 20, what, 21, 22 games. We lost four to the Niners. We got one coming at home Thursday night football. Oh, I'll be there. It's going to be lit. But we play against Atlanta. And the crazy part is Atlanta barely lost against a good fucking squad. So like, we should have won this game, I felt like. But you know, we play like shit. That's what the fuck we expect. Now going to Atlanta, is it a cakewalk? Nah. Detroit Lions should be a cakewalk. Nope. Jets, they suck. They won against a good team. And like some of these teams that we're supposed to beat, they beat good ass teams. The Giants. So who fucking knows? The only positive outcome is that we get the number one pick and we tank and we get our QB. Hopefully it's Bryce. We'll see. But it was fucking bad. Missing tackles. Debo is strong as a motherfucker, but it was just really fucking depressing. I didn't get as mad as I wanted to because I just got other things in my mind. So I went to go hit some balls after. And I shanked a whole bunch of them. It was just, fuck, I just couldn't get, I made my mind, the back of my mind was just, you know, fucked up. But then I went down the bag, right? I start with the pitching wedge always. Sometimes my regular wedges, usually I'm trying to go too short, go with the pitching wedge and I walk down the bag, nine, eight, seven, six. Some days I'll go five and four, but, you know, went straight to the three wood. Had one decent shot, and then right after that, boom, four or five shots. Insane. 245, 250. Had one go straighter than I've ever had. And for the first time, I had my three wood go over the wall. Not once, but three times. And I had this guy with Keith, the swing doctor, cool ass black dude. He was like, oh shit, shit. Some people don't travel that far. You know what I mean? He was making jokes. My driver was okay, irons were shit. And I come back to my house and my father-in-law was obviously a diehard Seahawks fan. He's sick. Like he's really upset. He takes a nap. That's how fucking mad he was. And it's depressing, you know? It's going to be a long ass season. We got a lot of shit to, you know, figure out. And I will say this. Waldron, bro, them plays, sus as fuck. The way we lined up, that fucking fake Play DJ Dallas. What the fuck are you, man, bro? On the goal line, dog? Anyways, on other news, good news. My Tops Chrome drops next month. I've been fucking with the hobby. Just ain't been talking about it too much. But this is a highly, highly anticipated Chrome set. Hobby is definitely cooled down a bit. But, you know, this is a limited edition set. So I'm excited. Yeah. So my top Chrome drops next month. It's going to be exclusive. This is my best set ever. We got Julio Rodriguez in there. Obviously, Wander. We got a lot of heat in there. My first rookie card will be making its debut in this top set. I'm very honored. Very excited for this shit to drop. Can't wait. Another thing, too. I am breaking this here. Two things. I am dropping my gold cash cun 2.0. It sold out last time in 30 seconds. My gold 
cash gun is dropping. The 2.0 version, the BB is not a black sticker. It is a iced out, bedazzled BB. It's going to be fucking a lot of fun because a lot of strip clubs, a lot of people ask me about it. Well, yeah, we're dropping it again very soon, September 27th. That is actually next week. What else? Oh, yeah. My Master Dynamic collaboration is dropping right after that. I have a gaming headset, high-definition, 4K sound, wireless. Master Dynamic, if you don't know, is at the pinnacle of sound for audiophiles. This is the Bentley of headphones. It's fucking lit. I cannot wait. Now, to get on my fake hater shit, I get like J Balvin messages me about my comments about the fucking Canelo Gennady fight. I love Jay Balvin. That's my dog, international superstar. But you know what? I know Jose don't know shit about boxing, but he's supporting the Latinos and I get it. The thing is this, if you're Korean and you're coming up, I'm gonna support you. At the same time though, if you fight like shit, I'm gonna call it out. People say, people, you know, they follow people. Oh man, fuck that. They get all riled up, get mad. This ain't, look, I love boxing. Been watching it forever, been around it, the technical side of it. Ran with Floyd Mayweather for years. I'm, so, I'm sure a lot of you guys who follow me for at least 10 years know I was running with Floyd for like three years. Going to his crib, going to his boxing matches, going to his fucking gym, watching him train, talking to Roger, his dad, to his fucking Floyd Sr. All these, I've been around boxing, been around fucking all that shit. Been watching boxing for 40 fucking years. I just did a fucking podcast with professional boxer and we talked about boxing on there. I'm gonna be honest, Canelo's good. Overrated. That fight was fucking trash. Triple G's all this shit. Did it for the bag. Did it for the money. I said it. That's how I felt. Canelo, look, man, he was more active. That's it. He got his ass knocked the fuck out. Fight before that. I mean, people like Gennady's never been down his career. He has a strong chin. Dog, he's old as fuck. If Canelo was the fighter that everyone says he is, he would have took old man down. And Latinos like, oh, don't, don't even start that shit. I don't know if there's a community out there next to the black community, even more so than the Asian community that I back more than Latinos. Ain't nobody calling me a racist. People just don't know what the fuck's going on because a lot of people are from Mexico. They don't know, really know, whatever. Cool. That fight was fucking trash. The nerve that Dazen had to put a fucking commercial on during rounds, like, after we already paid a premium price for this fucking bullshit ass, terrible ass fucking snore fest, I was literally snoring at one point. Shit was terrible. Hugging like a motherfucker. That fight sucked. But enough about that. Just had to talk about that real quick. Now, um, uh, short show, because uh, again, Miles is out of town. He's headed out of state, going to fucking uh, to New Mexico to go be with some family. So uh, not that that affected it, we pushed fan questions to Thursday's episode. So now you guys got a little time to send some questions in. Now, the thing is this. You could only send questions to thewashedlord at gmail.com. Thewashedlord, one word, at gmail.com because I lost the password to BBDTC213 and I got to reset it. It takes like two, three days. So I ain't got time for all that bullshit. So we're going to do fan questions on Thursday, this Thursday. And Miles didn't have enough time to add the questions this time. And there was too many, but I want to make sure I go through them this time because I used to do them, you know, with freestyle flow, but now there's hundreds now. So I'd rather go through them, pick out like the best 40 of them or 34, whatever the fuck it is, and get that going. Now, watched a movie 
I think Friday or Saturday night, I forgot, but it was called The Immaculate Room. And um, it stars Emil Hirsch, who, like, 12 years ago, this guy was supposed to be the next Leonardo DiCaprio. He really was. He, they were pushing him big time to be this big dude. Don't know what happened. He's still a great actor, but him, Kate Bosworth, and there is a surprise appearance from Ashley Green from um, Twilight. And, yo, Ashley's a bad bitch. I'm keep 100. I was like, oh, shit. She was dope. So anyways, the movie's called The Immaculate Room. And it's about this billionaire who, who doesn't exist in the movie, but billionaire has this contest and he, he challenges couples to stay in a room for 50 days. Nothing else except whether they walk in there with their back. They have no phones, no TV, no gadgets, no nothing. Now, there's food, right? Or enough nutrition to eat. There's no like windows or anything. Just white, big white room. It's like a pretty big, like maybe three, 4,000 square foot, big white room. You have a bed. There's laundry done for you. And there's a bathroom, there's toothpaste, there's shower, you could shower. And you know, there's lights off at 10 and then, and then you could set the time to, to be whatever to wake up. And it's, if you can last the 50 days, the couple gets $5 million. Now, if you don't last and one person leaves, then that last remaining person only gets a million. And there's all other little fucking crazy ass boomerang shit that goes wrong in there. But uh, I won't ruin the rest it didn't sound that good, and the, the trailer was all right, but I was like, look, there's slim pickings right now, right? Seen Elvis, uh, fucking nopes or whatever, and I was like, fuck it, let's watch this, and it was all right. I would give it, I'd give it six and a half guns out of 10. You know what I mean? You don't get no 21 gun salute. It would get six and a half guns out of 10. It was all right. It's up to you guys. It's, like I said, ain't much what to watch lately. You know what I'm saying? Now, there is a show I meant to talk about last week that is on Showtime, and I subscribed to Showtime just for this show. Now, John Bernthal has been one of my favorite actors for the last 10 years. He plays the tough Italian dude in Wolf of Wall Street. He was in The Walking Dead. In um, The Accountant, he played Ben Affleck's brother, um, what else? He's fucking uh, the Punisher. One of my favorite actors. I love this fucking guy. I fucking love this dude. Pretty much everything I've seen him in, he's crushed it. And he's in a new TV show now called American Gigolo, which is derived from the American Gigolo movie with Richard Gere way back before your guys' time. This is like early, almost before my time. And episodes uh, air every Friday. And I try to get into it, man. I just, I don't know. First episode was, damn, it was dragged on. It was like, I was like, okay, I'm waiting for some shit. Then like, you know, there's a scene where he's in jail. I'm like, oh shit, okay, jail. And, you know, again, I told you guys, anything that's got to do with Vegas, gambling, gangster shit, jail, I'm all in. Ah, I don't know, man. And then the second episode aired this past Friday. and Man, it was it was hard to watch. And I'm trying to get into it. And I'm like, yo, I'm hoping, because like, yo, this guy is fucking lit. He's smart. He picks great roles. So there's got to be something. And, and I'm, I'm having faith again. Not like the Seahawks faith. Maybe even a little bit more than that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. But, um, oh yeah, Raising Canaan, new episode came out. was episode six. And it picked up the pace quite a bit. It's getting a little gangster. 
I got to give it to my boy, Joey Badass, you know, the rapper who plays unique in Raising Canaan. He's a good fucking actor, man. This dude can really fuck around and have a career in acting. And uh, I don't really know much about dude's music, but he could really have a good fucking career in acting. And a uh, good episode, finally. And it ended with like a bang. So like, you know, I'm like, fuck, man, shit. You know, I wish the show was longer. I wish they fucking let, like how Netflix, some of these shows do, where they just give you the whole season. 50 Smart, he wants motherfuckers to fiend for it. It's cool, I get it. It's like how we released my Tops Chrome last year. We kind of let everybody kind of like, all right, fuck it, go ahead. And it kind of was like, and again, people, it wasn't like it didn't sell out, but people were so twittered, oh, how much is this? And oh, how many boxes were there? And just the hobby's fucking fickle as fuck. I hate that audience, like especially on eBay. Thank God I don't sell on eBay. And people like back out, say, oh, I can't afford to buy this. I didn't mean to bid a thousand to get, you know, outbid or whatever. Just stupid shit like that. Anyways, back to Raising Canaan. Good fucking episode. Solid as fuck. If you guys have any movie recommendations, I would love fucking love for you guys to send them my way. If there is any real BTB Army members out there, I may have some time tonight. Pull up. Maybe we get a meal. Maybe tomorrow night. I know I'm playing golf tomorrow, but um, yeah, hit your boy up. I do not run the Ben Baller Pod Twitter or Instagram page. I don't know how many times I got to tell y'all. I don't run the IFN Co. page. I don't run the Watch Lord Invitational page. I do not run any social media except my own Ben Baller page. I don't have any Finsta pages. I have that and I have my personal private page for my family. And that is it. Like literally. But you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the super followers. It's been a minute since we did uh, live spaces. We definitely got to get on there. My IG live is back, by the way, too, guys. I don't know what the fuck. Maybe I was just in jail for a little while. But I might, you know, go live from Vegas. I don't fucking know. But I am going to eat good. I'll tell you that. And I do appreciate you guys, again, very, very much. I know today's episode was a little short. It was supposed to be probably pretty long, about an hour and a half, at least maybe even longer than that because of questions. But Thursday's episode will be big. I do appreciate every single person who subscribes to the show. So please hit that subscribe button and I will see you guys back on Thursday. My man, Lakey Lake is already playing that exit music. And again, man, tell a friend to tell a friend about Behind the Baller podcast. Big things coming soon. Make it a great day. This is not your practice life. You already motherfucking know. All right, y'all, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.